Hi, everybody. Welcome to In the Key of D, using digital to transform your business. It's a show that explores why digital matters and how it helps entrepreneurs, business leaders, and digital and marketing professionals make their businesses better. I'm your host, Kathy Hollenhorst, President and CEO of Creatus, and joining me is my co-host, Gino Giovanelli, who is a leading digital marketing expert and an award-winning professor at the University of St. Thomas. In the Key of D is proudly sponsored by Creatus, the go-to digital marketing resourcing firm that helps companies across the Twin Cities get more work done. Creatus does that through a unique combination of solutions, including on-site staffing and outsourced project work in the Creatus studio. Well, welcome everyone to today's episode about digital transformation, where we'll focus on digital strategy and the business case needed for digital investments. We'll talk a little bit about critical success factors and competencies that might be needed, and also how to bring confidence, ease, and speed to digital transformation efforts. Joining us today is Stuart Harris, who is Group President, Digital Transformation at Emerson Automation Solutions. As head of this new division for Emerson, which was started just last fall, Stuart and his team leverage Emerson's technologies and expertise to drive business performance for key industries. Prior to this role, Stuart was the VP of Planning and Global Marketing Officer for Emerson's Automation Solutions business, and also held many other leadership roles in various divisions and across the globe during his long tenure with Emerson. Stuart also holds 10 U.S. patents for software, innovation, integration, and visualization, which I happen to think is pretty darn impressive because between us, Gino and I don't have a one. Not a one. Not a one. Uh, although I have co-written a few songs to my name. All right. Well, there yeah. you go, Gino. Yeah. That's good. I know, uh, Gino, you and Stuart go way back, and I'm just, I'm just thrilled that he's joining us on the program today. I am, too. It's been a while, Stuart, since we've talked shop together, um, but uh, we're delighted to have you on the program. Well, thank you. I am uh, very happy to be here and looking forward to the discussion. There you go. Right. Well, Stuart, we'd like to start fairly big picture and uh, have you start for us to define digital transformation. How do you define digital transformation? Okay. Well, a definition that I like to use in real simple terms is that digital transformation is the use of smart, connected technologies to solve a problem. And it usually involves a change in behavior or work practice. And so let me tell you why I like that definition, because um, there's an important technology aspect of digital transformation, but just as important, and I would actually argue more important, there is a people element and also a focus on driving an outcome. And, and I'm sure uh, we'll talk more about it as we go through, but um, if you don't have all of these three elements as part of your digital transformation strategy, then quite honestly, you won't be successful. Well, and I know you mentioned that kind of in a brief statement there, the technology, the change in behavior, and, and the driving and outcome. Uh, those are not a lot of words, but it sounds like a lot of complicated, um, it's kind of, a, kind of a hairy beast, if you will. Um, what do you think, Stuart, is the biggest upside companies have for taking on sort of this trifecta of technology, changing behavior, and driving outcome? Yeah, well, for, for many companies, I would say probably most industrial firms, digital transformation is critical to their future. Uh, they have to embrace these technologies and the potential impact that they can provide to stay relevant to their customers and to remain competitive. But ultimately, the goal of any company's digital transformation efforts is to improve performance. And for industrial companies, the areas where they're most often trying to drive improved performance are safety, 
reliability, production, and sustainability. And so what we've done at Emerson is to develop industry benchmarks in each of those four areas. Uh, we've defined what we call top quartile performance and defined what that is, but very importantly quantified in dollar terms what the difference is between those highest performing companies and the industry average. And then very importantly, we've defined or identified the reasons why companies operate at those different levels and what, what's required to move to top quartile performance. And so that's the basis for uh, the way we partner with companies to develop and implement their digital transformation journeys. Got it. I mean, that's a key point that in trying to trying to establish that top quartile performance, uh, what companies wouldn't want to do that, right? And you think about it, but but what do you think is the thing holding companies back from from kind of moving in this direction? Well, when you talk about digital transformation, there's a lot of hype, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a, a a lot of discussion about it, uh, and with that comes a lot of confusion and. Just as, a, just as an example, if you were to do a Google search on the term digital transformation, then you'll get more than 500 million results. <laughs> so just, just think about that, right? So a lot of companies feel that they ought to do something, but they don't know where to get started. Uh, many companies lack a clear vision and very importantly, a business case. You know, what are they trying to achieve? And as a result, they see a lot of risk associated with it. And... Uh, as a data point, the research that we've done shows that while 90% of companies recognize the need for a clearly defined roadmap for digital transformation, only 20% actually have one. And without a plan to translate vision into reality, digital transformation efforts often stagnate or uh, even fail outright. Well, I think it's 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 really really interesting for the the group you are leading now because last fall Emerson started you know, you're the digital transformation business unit again that you are, are head up head of right now. So, um, can you tell us a little bit more about how and why this happened, where the specific division was started, and and what you're focusing on? Sure. Well, while the business unit's new, as you said, Kathy, uh, we created this group last October. Emerson is not new to digital transformation, and in fact, we've been developing and deploying many of the technologies that today we would consider or call digital transformation. We've been developing and deploying a lot of those, uh, I'd say, for more than 25 years. Actually, when Gino and I were working together, <laughs> we worked very much in this field. And so we see this as an evolution rather than a revolution as we think about digital transformation in the industrial space. And so our experience is that customers are looking for a partner for digital transformation. We just talked about the challenges of knowing where to get started, what to prioritize, and, and how to ensure success. And so we've got many strengths that we've developed over the years in technology, expertise, services, and the formation of a dedicated digital transformation business enabled us to bring all of those capabilities and expertise together in one organization to really be that best partner for our customers. Uh, we're a team of about a thousand people wow. globally, and we work with customers to develop their digital transformation roadmap, to support them in the implementation of technology, and uh, most importantly, deliver the value and help turn this digital transformation initiatives into a programmatic approach that delivers value 
over time. And so at the end of the day, what we're really trying to achieve working with our customers is to ensure that they realize the promise of digital transformation in terms of measurable business impact. So just a follow along with that. So are the Customers that uh, that you're working with, um, are they technology people? Are they finance operations? Talk a little bit more of who from the the client side or the the customer side on your side are you engaging with and helping for this? Yeah, so our clients um, within within Emerson Automation Solutions would be industrial manufacturers across a range of industries, from the process industries where they would be uh, refining oil. Uh, they would be producing chemical products, uh, life sciences, uh, manufacturing of pharmaceuticals, power generation, so a lot of industrial manufacturing in that space, uh, as well as some of the more discrete manufacturing industries like automotive uh, and packaging, for example. Okay. And then I would assume it's that combination. You probably are the technology leader within that as well as the business leader, some combination thereof. Yeah, you know, in in terms of um, the people that we we engage with, and and where do we see sort of the the leadership for uh, digital transformation coming from? Um, you know, it, it can really come from many different parts of the organization, but um, some of the key aspects would be around you know first having um, support from leadership. And, and beyond support, really active engagement, that's critical. And in fact, many of the companies that we work with have appointed a, a C-level executive to drive their digital transformation mm-hmm. initiatives. Oftentimes, these are under the direct uh, oversight of the CEO and uh, the board of directors. Um, that, that just gives you a sense for the importance and the significance that these companies are putting on their digital transformation programs. Um, then it's essential to have the the users deeply involved. Uh, they bring the domain expertise, and ultimately, if they're going to embrace the solutions, then having their engagement early uh, ensures that buy-in. We need IT people to be actively engaged because they understand the technology and the technology standards and can help to scale those solutions and consider things like cybersecurity that are critically important. And then it's also very valuable to have um, human resources or organizational development or another group within the organization that can really focus on the change management. Um, And then importantly, we see a role of an individual or a group that can actually speak a common language across those different uh, functional areas. And they help to connect the user requirements and the technology, and they've really got a critical role to play in in connecting and aligning the stakeholders. Yeah, Stuart, I have to say, this has been a fascinating kind of, uh, I don't know, walk in time with you. I remember, what, 25 years ago or so, uh, Emerson was making product. They were basically a products company or a hardware company. Um, and I was w- remembering working with you and how they uh, migrated to more of a solutions kind of company. Now, it seems like as you're, as you're kind of moving up into the strategy side, em- Emerson's kind of moving into a consulting role where you're trying to help your customers see the vision of, of, of digital transformation so that they, they can uh, be, a, be a better customer, if you will. Um, how, do, how has Emerson moved from being sort of hardware-oriented to, to actually helping companies go in and developing a digital strategy, which again, feels like a consultant kind of model? Yeah, it, 
it, consulting is a piece of it. We really think of it as um, engaging with the customer to to advise them, if you will, mm-hmm. on their digital transformation uh, strategy. And you know, I, I'm really pleased that we're we're talking a little bit about strategy because I think the failure to develop a clear strategy mm-hmm. is probably the single biggest pitfall uh, as companies embark on a digital transformation journey. A lot of companies jump, jump straight to technology right. and uh, technology deployment, and I'd say that's a pretty sure way to fail. Um, I, I, I read an article that it's been more than five years ago now, uh, but the title of it has stuck with me ever since. And, and the title is this, Strategy, Not Technology, drives digital transformation. It's a, it's actually an MIT Sloan Business Review article. But again, it, strategy, not technology, right. drives digital transformation. And so, you know, what, what do companies really want as they embark on their digital transformation journey? It's three things, confidence, ease, and speed. It's confidence that they'll be successful and achieve the intended objectives, ease of implementing the solution, and then speed to realize an ROI. And having a clear strategy is key to achieving all of those things. And so at Emerson, uh, we work with customers to develop that strategy using a structured approach. We have about 100 advisors and solution architects around the world. And we start by establishing a vision and create that business case. Mm -hmm. Um, We believe that that's important to define digital transformation and focus on the outcome that we're trying to achieve. And then that will lead naturally to decisions about technology. We use those top quartile performance benchmarks that I referred to earlier on, Mm -hmm. and that allows us to quantify for our customers what the opportunity is. And then we use our digital maturity model to perform a gap analysis. And this model looks at more than 30 variables or operational dimensions Um, Each of those are assessed on a six-point scale based on current behaviors and practices. And this provides us then with the the guidance, if you will, on how to advance and how to help customers move to that that next level. And frequently, we facilitate workshops for our customers to bring cross-functional teams together to share perspectives and drive the alignment. So that's the first step in the strategy is really establishing that business case, Mm -hmm. um, what areas we're going to focus on, and prioritization and a clear business case up front. Next, we will develop a roadmap that does the prioritization and looks at the associated technology selection. And then lastly, we focus on the implementation, which is also critical because it's great to have a strategy, it's great to have a vision and a roadmap, but if we don't implement that, well, really uh, the benefits are not going to be be delivered. And within that, that discussion about the implementation, it's really critical that we consider the people and the change management uh, part of this as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that might sound like a, a maybe maybe an involved process, something that would take time, but it, it really doesn't have to be. We take an agile approach to that mm-hmm. and really an iterative approach to, to building and implementing the strategy. Awesome. 
Well, it, it strikes me a story. I mean, you guys are very, you and your team are very sophisticated in what you do, but many of our listeners are, are like me, maybe running a small and medium-sized business, but the same principles apply. Define what it's worth. You know, what do you need to get there? Identify those gaps. So the concept of it really can apply in, in any business environment. And you've touched on this for us already, but maybe restate again. So what have you, uh, what do you see or feel are the, uh, the critical success factors for a digital transformation to be successful? Yeah, this is a, a great question. And I guess, you know, let's start by saying that according to research by McKinsey, less than 30% of digital transformation programs are succeeding. And what's more, only 16% of the respondents said their organization's digital transformation initiatives are equipping them to sustain the changes over the long term. And so uh, I often say that we're, we are at a critical point in this digital transformation journey and really the broad conversation about digital transformation because these efforts must start to deliver benefits or companies will lose interest and support. And so we have to focus on value creation. And so for me, there are four critical success factors. The first, number one, start with the goal in mind. Focus on a specific problem to solve or an opportunity to capture. And it's really very clear that a, a big bang approach where you try to solve everything all at once generally doesn't work. It tends to lead to a lot of cost and a lot of frustration. And so we really advocate for starting in a very focused way and have a clear quantified set of metrics that you're striving to improve and, and measure your results carefully against that. So that's number one. Number two, Get the most out of your existing data and applications. Companies that, especially in the industrial space, companies have lots of information today, and more often than not, they've actually invested in many technologies over the years that they've not taken full advantage of. Hmm. And so think about ways to make the best use of the information you already have, and then focus on adding data and systems that are needed to solve that specific problem. Don't spend a lot of time building infrastructure, deploying analytics tools without knowing where to apply them to have an impact. Mm. Number three, empower your people. You need to invest in people as much as technology because transformation or change, which is another word for transformation, doesn't happen unless it's fully embraced by the organization and the people within it. And number four, multiply your successes. So be sure to measure and document the return on investment and then use your results to justify the next investment. So as I said, rather than starting out with this huge program with you know, trying to drive the big bang, start in a very focused way, but then look to scale and replicate the successes that you have. And, and an example in our world is that a customer might apply analytics to one piece of equipment and generate an annual benefit of let's say $50,000. Well, if they can then replicate that application to all of those similar pieces of equipment within a facility, now that's a $2 million annual benefit. If they then do that across their enterprise, you know, suddenly it's a $20 million opportunity. And this sort of scale and replicate approach, which we advocate, is really 
um, demonstrated to to gain alignment and gain a lot of support from across the organization. And one success becomes that justification for your bigger plans. It essentially creates this flywheel effect and creates the momentum that's needed to drive these kinds of programs forward. Well, thanks, Stuart. I, I tell you, the um, what you had said earlier in the program, you talked about how 90% of companies feel like they need to uh, move move toward digital transformation, but only 20% sort of have a way to get there. I think these four success factors really netted out in a way that's easy for, for companies to kind of get their head around what's needed to get there from here. Great. Right. Yeah, very helpful. All right. So we're going to do a little pivot, and we are going to our action-packed part of our program and our show today, which we call Rapid Fire. Okay. There's some music. So, Stuart, uh, Gino and I are going to ask you some questions. You will give us your rapid-fire answers, and we will go from there. So somebody start the clock, please. And, Stuart, here's your first question. If you weren't a digital transformation business expert, what would you be? I would be a chef. I really like the experimentation aspect of cooking, and if you get it right, then the outcome tastes really good, too. There you go. I remember you making a fruitcake for the holidays <laughs> a, a couple decades ago. But yeah. um, that, is, that is true. You can't make that up. Yes, you can't. Uh, Mac or PC, Stuart? PC. Oh, ah, interesting. You're our first PC. The first PC guy. There we go. Yeah. Uh, what three words do you use to describe yourself? Oh, Collaborative, dependable, Ooh. and thoughtful. Very good. Uh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. There you go. All right. New one at you here, and that is, what is your favorite adult beverage? Manhattan. Ooh. Very nice. Nice, nice. Okay, Stuart, I know you well enough to know that you don't have any tattoos that I know of, but if you were to get a tattoo on your arm, what word or symbol or visual would you put in that tattoo? Wow. That's a write-in question. <laughs> Gino, I think I think the answer is he would put your name, Gino, with a picture of you That's on exactly his what he would sure put. I'm pretty sure that would be it. Actually, that was pretty low on the list, but... Uh... <laughs> All right. We'll let you keep thinking on that one. I'll, I'll move on to the next one, which... Okay. Uh, what is your most useless hidden talent? I can juggle. There you go. Uh, if you could be great at any musical instrument of your choice, which one would it be? I would have to say guitar. I like both the diversity of the music that you can play on guitar, you can play alone, you can play in a band, and... Uh, they're usually out in front as well, and I kind of like that. There you go. Nice, nice. And along keeping on our musical theme, from your point of view, Stuart, who is the absolute best band of all time? You know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about Gino, and uh, I guess Marillion could be Aww. one of the answers. For sure. And uh, I guess not a band, but uh, I guess one of the artists that I think is uh, most impressive to see live would be Ed Sheeran. There you go. All right. Great. Well, there you have it. That is our rapid fire with Stuart Harris. Thank you very much. Stuart, unfortunately, you win absolutely nothing for playing our game, but we, <laughs> we certainly enjoyed it and it was a lot of fun. So uh, we're going to move into some wrap-up questions for you, Stuart. I guess the first one for me is, and we've been asking everybody this question, is how do you stay current on all things digital with the, the, with the rapid pace in which things change in this space? Yeah, obviously, it's a, a very dynamic space, as you said. And so obviously, I try to read, I watch webinars, I listen to podcasts, uh, stay up on the latest technology trends. 
Um, I learn a lot from colleagues, of course, mm -hmm. uh, and my team. They bring different backgrounds and different skills to the conversation. But what I'm most interested in is use cases and how companies are solving problems through innovative technologies and approaches. And so for me, there's no substitute to meeting with customers and coworkers around the world to really understand firsthand what business challenges they're trying to address and how they're trying to use our technology as well as that, as well as that of other companies um, and what their vision is. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate, as we said, that I work in a global company and I get to travel around the world, at least pre-COVID. Um, and for me, you know, that's how I get the best insights and, and frankly, how I get energized. Got it. That's great. So look into your crystal ball for us. And what's the next big thing as it relates to digital or digital transformation that we and all of our listeners should be on the lookout for? Well, in the industrial space, which I'm most familiar with and, and spend my time in, I, I see three things that are interesting to talk about. First is, is artificial intelligence, uh, the potential to solve problems that have never been solved before by bringing together diverse data and applying new analytics approaches to it to gain new insights um, and new answers. I think that's very exciting. There's a lot of potential. It's an area that we're actively involved in and working with our customers on. The second I would suggest is augmented reality. And this is such a powerful way of putting knowledge and expertise into people's hands and enabling them to do things that they could never do before. Uh, for example, we can take a new technician and provide them with augmented reality tools that enable them, actually guide them in completing activities that would normally require an expert with many years of training and hands-on experience. Uh, it's a great tool for productivity and collaboration. And then the third is voice, which has not really uh, gained a lot of um, adoption, I would say, broadly inside of the, the industrial space yet, at least not in the, the industries we serve. But voice, of course, is used extensively as a way to interact with digital technologies in our personal lives. And I expect that we'll see much more uh, use of voice in the industrial applications moving forward. Excellent. Very, very interesting. And if any of our listeners uh, would like to get a hold of you and chat more and learn more, what is the best way for them to do that? Sure. I am uh, on LinkedIn, and once in a while we'll try to post something interesting there about uh, dynamics or opportunities that I see uh, as companies engage in their digital transformation journeys, uh, sharing some of the best practices along the way. And then uh, alternatively, you can reach me via email at stuart.harris at emerson.com. Great. Thank you. And we'll put um, uh, your contact information too in our show notes so that our listeners will be able to access that. But thank you so much, Stuart. It was a fascinating conversation. I learned a lot today. Yeah, Stuart, uh, great to talk with you again. I'm always learning from you um, when we work together, when we don't work together, when we hang out together. Uh, you're just a wealth of knowledge and, and just such a great, uh, uh, just a great leader in the space. Well, thanks. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Great. Sounds good. Well, Gino, what an absolutely fascinating conversation with Stuart. And I know you and Stuart go back a long way, but I learned so many new things. But let's start with you. What were your key takeaways? Uh, total memory lane for me. I mean, Stuart and I worked together, as I mentioned earlier, 25 years or so. Um, 
Gosh, great to reconnect with him on this uh, topic of digital transformation. Uh, one of the things that that struck me is when he described it as an evolution, rather rather than a revolution. Uh, that that couldn't be more true. I, you know, I think back when when he and I first worked together. Uh, Emerson was a was a hardware company selling hardware products to to customers looking to buy yeah. devices, and and we were trying to get them, Kathy, from from hardware orientation to solution orientation with the Internet of Things, and and it, it was a, it was a tough sale, and it was it was an evolution both in trying to get our salespeople in a, in a position to comfortably sell a solution as opposed to hardware to a buyer who wanted who just wanted a new device, and we're trying to say no, you you need the solution, and it, it was a complicated sale. Then you fast forward, you know, twenty five years later, uh, and Stuart mentioned that they're solving problems at the strategic level. Uh, with a buyer who is an exec, a C-level executive who's on the buying team, this is this is a completely new company, and, and it has gone from one pla- place A to place B, right right before our eyes over you know decades. But it it just shows uh, the leadership that Stuart had uh, in, in in just staying with it and and pushing it forward and pushing it forward. And, and he's that kind of guy. I mean, he's super smart. He's super articulate. He's somebody that people follow. Uh, and it, it's so, I, I'm so happy that he has, uh, gotten to this place as a president of digital transformation. I know. You it's know, so cool. Well, it, it's credit to his his skills and his intelligence oh. and his, I'm sure his hard work and his leadership ability. That and, now his, they, and his English accent. And his English when, accent. When we were working together, I would say something and then he would say something. And everyone was like, wow, he's really smart. And I'm like, oh, it's the British accent. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's running that whole group president, like I said, running the whole division yes. called digital transformation. One thing that pinged for me was um, – he commented that what they see a lot in, in their clients is one of the top things that does get missed um, is that there's no digital strategy. Right. And I you know, speak on behalf of small and medium-sized companies uh, like the one I run. It's That can be a little bit daunting because it's like, oh, my gosh, I need to start with this huge digital strategy and where do I even get started? But I liked how he followed it to that when he looked at success factors. Yes, you need a strategy, meaning where are you going with this? But it's find some problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you really need to solve, and then think through how might you use digital to solve those in a new way. I mean, right, right. it's no no harder than that to get started. That's right. And then the second thing he said was get the most out of what you already have. And so many companies, Kathy, are just they just want to get to this next place so fast that they just basically blow off everything they already have and and chase the new shiny object. And I think Stuart did a nice job of saying, you know, a lot of times. Not everything you need is in front of you, but some of the things you need. So take advantage of those so that you don't have to to start from scratch every single time. Well, and the environment that we're in now with a softening economy and some uncertainty for the future, all companies, big, small, medium size, are looking to say, how do I manage my costs? Mm-hmm. How do I leverage the investments I've already made so that I'm cash flowing well, so that I'm protected for that future? And so that, that second step of his critical success factor. So again, it was this idea, start with a goal, sure. you know, define some, focus on some problems. And I loved that part in number one, too, is start, you know, be focused in your approach. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to solve everything because you, can't. you can't. So start with that goal, get the most out of your current app empower your people and then multiply your successes. Yeah, I like that last one, multiply the successes. So many companies might, you know, they, they take on this digital transformation effort for a couple of years and then they, they kind of stop it and then move on to the next fire drill. Uh, this notion of that would be the, the, the last thing you want to do. I mean, if anything, if you've made it through this, transformation, then let's start scaling this thing up. Let's start really having it, uh, stacking them on top of each other um, to get get the payoff. And then it then it becomes part of the culture. It becomes part of the fabric. It becomes a sort of a repeatable effort. Yeah. 
He referenced several times about the importance of having and what they help their clients with, which is having that strategy, but then also laying out a clearly defined roadmap, Mm -hmm. which is the implementation of the technology in a way that can deliver value. And again, I mean, in his world, it's fairly sophisticated in terms of what they do uh, with their clients, but that can apply even at at a very small level. Again, if you're a company my size, it's just... Your roadmap is what problem am I solving? What are the steps I'm going to take? Yep. And in today's world, invest, you know, this idea of, you know, start small, fail fast, keep it moving forward. Yep. And that's okay too. That also begins the journey for digital transformation for many companies. Right. Plan the work, work the plan. Yeah. And just keep going. Yeah. The other thing that, and I want you to see what you say, you know, yep. when he talked about who in the organization are they working with or what's needed to make digital transformation happen. And it starts with that support at the C-level or leadership. Sure. It might not be C-level in your company. And it's fascinating that one of their clients, didn't they say, had even appointed a C-level executive who then was responsible for the digital transformation. Right, right. And then the idea is you got to have the leadership buy-in, of course. you got to have your users aligned. I love the reference to an HR function, which is so important on the right. people side of making all this happen, but also to orchestrate the change management. And then finally, that, that idea of common language, and I call them those the translators, those right. that Right. You know, get all the groups working together to make digital half transformation yeah. come to life. Yeah, I, I I agree with that notion of you need a you need a a senior level person on the on the customer side because the higher the level of the service offering is, the higher the level that you need on the on the buying side that can understand the value proposition. Uh, again, I think I think Emerson has done a great job. Uh, on this front. And uh, I'm really excited for Stuart. I'm really excited for what Emerson is, is doing. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of, of him and in terms of what he's accomplished. Yeah. yeah. And we'll put a couple of things he referenced in the show notes that he referenced at one article, and it was that strategy, not yeah. technology, right. you know, di- drives digital transformation. So we'll get all those references available so that our listeners can also uh, take a look and read more. But fascinating, fascinating session. Great episode. Thanks for bringing Stuart to us. Absolutely. It's been fun. And uh, yeah, great to do another one of these with you. Kathy. All right. Thanks, Gino. Thanks for joining us for this episode of In the Key of D, Using Digital to Transform Your Business. I'm your host, Kathy Hollenhorst. And I'm your co-host, Gino Giovanelli. And again, we would like to thank our sponsor, Creatus, who is making this and every episode of In the Key of D possible. To learn more, go to our website, creatus.com, that's C-R-E-A-T-I-S dot com forward slash podcast. And if you liked today's episode, please be sure to subscribe to In the Key of D and tell your friends. You can subscribe on any major podcast platform. Thanks for listening to In the Key of D. And now for the encore. Hold your applause, please. We can't leave without thanking the rest of our band who helped make this podcast really sing. Keeping us in the right key is rock and roll producer, musical polyglot, and recording wizard Tom Forlitti. All right, it's Forlitti, but whatever. Helping us harmonize the web and digital elements is our content and marketing troubadour, Seth Conover. Our podcast coordinating conductor is Christina Seeger. Our theme song is written and performed by Marco Giovanelli, which is played, unsurprisingly, in the key of D. And last but not least, thanks to my partner in crime who's been helping me make music for more than 20 years, Gino Giovanelli. And I'm Kathy Hollenhorst. Thanks for listening.